Hi, I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins, host of Your Creative Chord podcast and blogger at yourcreativechord.com. At Your Creative Chord, you'll find positively transformational advice and action plans for achieving creative energy and progress, transforming obstacles, and fulfilling life's greatest potential. I interview creators, positivity, productivity, and wellness experts, as well as share my creative process and personal development based on my experiences. Thank you for joining today. And if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you like this content, you can get more empowering strategies for nurturing creativity and inspiration at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. When someone comes to you with memory loss, why are you thinking they're not cooperating? This is a story I've heard many times, Jenny. They need better way to diagnose and really believe the person who is telling you, I have a memory loss problem. We don't like to talk about death and dying, but it's a fact of life and we need to discuss it. So let's discuss it. We're stronger than what we think. I'm very excited today to have my wonderful guest on Facebook. Uh, she goes by Betsy Wurzel. And um, I met Betsy through my group, Creative Memorial Planning. Um, and, uh, you know, first I just want to say, we're going to dive into the fact that Betsy has her own group called Kick Alzheimer's Ass Movement. <laughs> And she also has a podcast called Chatting with Betsy. And we're going to talk about that in a second and get a little more deeply into her mission and her purpose and what she does. But first, I want to, um, first of all, just welcome you, Betsy, to the uh, Your Creative Chord podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Jenny, for having me. I am deeply honored. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right back at you. You're, it's kind of the mutual admiration club here. With mm -hmm. uh, we're just, I really, we we're, were just talking before we started recording of how much I am, um, I admire what you do and the reach that you have because of your personal experience. So we'll, we're going to dive into that so people can really get some value from this. First, I want to say that again, we met through my group, Creative Memorial Planning Group. It's on Facebook, and um, what I do as a Creative Memorial Planning Coach. Uh, Betsy has been one of my uh, incredible supporters in that group and really um, even promoting what I do in her own Facebook group. And she's a, a full supporter of the importance of, you know, the aspect that I do of pre-planning your end of life uh, uh, plans. And uh, also what I do differently is that I advocate really against traditional funeral plans. I advocate instead for alternatives to traditional funeral plans that are more planet friendly, pocketbook friendly, and more personalized to comfort surviving loved ones. So this is what I do in my group. And this is how we met. And Betsy actually just featured me a week or so ago on her chatting with Betsy podcast. We'll drop those links too. So you can find all of that where we go in a little more depth about what I do. But um, we had a conversation and it just seemed to want to be endless. So we thought we'd do it again, because we think these issues are so important for everyone. The importance of end-of-life planning um, and how hard it is for people to talk about this sort of thing and the importance of having a power of attorney and gaining input from loved ones and other family members, 
you know, starting those conversations. And as we talked about this, you know, I really shared that as Betsy was telling me that people typically don't talk about death or end of life planning, unfortunately, because we have a culture to wait until the very last minute or when something occurs. And then we leave it up to our religious leaders and our corporate funeral, you know, representatives. So this is why I do what I do. I, I wanted to just really be clear, you know, that I help people with this and why age is irrelevant, you know, because I've been through so many tragedies. What I learned about Betsy is that she has an incredible story of being a caregiver to her late husband, Matt. And I want to ask um, Betsy to tell us a little bit about, you know, her story and why her experience with Matt led her to start a Facebook group called Kick Alzheimer's Ass Movement and uh, how she got into being a radio show host. Can you tell us a little bit about that story because it's so inspiring. Sure, Jenny. I just want to show Matt's picture. This is my late oh, husband, Matt. See that? Somebody made that for me. Love that. Um, and this is the, the yeah, hold it up, hold it up real high. So we it says your your wings were ready, but my heart was not. Beautiful ornament with his picture on it. Love it. I might get a little emotional. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's um, normal. Yes, Matt was diagnosed. <laughs> At the age of 56, with early onset old timers. It's a year and, younger than I am right now, by the way. Just put that in perspective. Yeah. Right. Um, I only thought that he had that because his mom had it. His mom's whole side had Alzheimer's. Matt was the first to have it young. I had a fight with the doctors about a diagnosis because they kept telling me us. He was, um, he's too young. Matt was tested by a neuropsychologist and I didn't know, well, now 11, 11 years ago, what I know now, or I would have ripped her a new one. She told Matt that he was non-compliant and he had a deep psychological problem. So what did I do? I didn't know any better. I yelled at Matt for not cooperating. (laughs) 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 Better cooperate. Matt was no angel. I know that. But Matt said, I did cooperate, Betsy. I couldn't remember. When someone comes to you with memory loss, why are you thinking they're not cooperating? This is a story I've heard many times, Jenny. They need better way to diagnose and really believe the person who is telling you, I have a memory loss problem. That is so, so important. I want to repeat that. It is so important to listen to the person who has dementia, you know, coming as an onset illness when they say, I couldn't remember. It's not that I'm not cooperating. I couldn't remember. Good for you for being so persistent. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, where Matt worked, uh, because of the HIPAA laws, they weren't allowed to tell me anything. So I knew just a little bit. Matt's coworker told me just a little bit. So when I sat in, this is the first in their history. I sat in on Matt's disability meeting because they knew he couldn't remember. And Matt had no idea. He had no idea what this meeting was about. And because they sometimes don't realize that they have a problem or to the extent of their problem. The company doctor, who I don't know she saw Matt in person or not, 
thought that he had dementia. She was hoping it would be the type that was reversible due to, you know, vitamin deficiency or thyroid deficiency. So, and she never saw any of his tests. Matt's first MRI showed global shrinkage. It was abnormal. His EEG was abnormal and it said suggestive of dementia. And yet these doctors here, you know, the the thing 11 years ago was, oh, he's too young. So he was treated wow. for depression. You know, that didn't work. Wow. Matt taught Sunday school for over 20 years. And he asked me one day, what time was Sunday school? And I said, well, what time is it on your watch, Matt? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, you mean, what do you mean you don't know? Are you kidding? Because he was a jokester. <laughs> I said, he goes, no, I don't know what time it is. I said, so you can't read your, your watch. You're not able to tell me the time. He said, no, I'm not. I said, well, that's not depression. I went back to the doctor. First, I got to say, that's pretty astute of you to even pay attention to that. That's remarkable. Thank you. I'm oh. also a former nurse. so. <laughs> oh, you're a smart cookie. <laughs> yeah, so, um, <laughs> some people would debate that. <laughs> um, so I went back to the doctor and I said, listen, you could be depressed and not feel like doing your job, but you know how to do your job. You know where things are in the house. You know how to tell time. Do not tell me this is depression. As you call it what it is and you get him on medication. Um, because uh, a lot of times the spouse or other family members are in denial. I was not in denial. No, you were right on top of it because of your nursing background, probably. And you knew him well. Right. The doctors were in denial. As a caregiver, as a spouse, we know our loved ones better than any medical professional. And that's another thing. These medical professionals need to wake up and start listening to us. Right. And right. we need to cause a revolution. But truth. I will go, <laughs> I a peaceful go. revolution. <laughs> revolution. We'll get the Beatles song playing here. <laughs> um, so as a caregiver, I want to tell the audience, you have to follow your gut. Always go by your gut. And if you don't think something is right, get another opinion. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by a doctor. Get in their face. It's kind of like I'm going to interject with that because so many people just listen to whatever the doctor says and they shut up and they don't question. But like you said, you have two advantages. You have the knowledge of the person that you love and care for and know very well, and you have your gut instinct. And it's, I think it's very important for people to recognize that doctors are just like any other service in our lives. You shop for the best service. And if you're not getting you know, the quality diagnosis or the quality attention or answers to your questions, you look for another doctor that will give you those. Thank you for bringing that up. That's important. Go ahead. Yes. So, uh, Matt was put on the medications, uh, which, by the way, 11 years ago, and even farther down when my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's, we were told it slows the progression. It does not. And I repeat, it does not slow the progression. It manages symptoms. People get confused. We were misled. There was actually commercials about medicine saying that it slowed the progression. It was taken off of TV. Mm -hmm. There is no treatment, and Matt knew this. And I'm really grateful that Matt 
progressed slowly until his last two years. And then when it snowballs, it just snowballs. I was not prepared with my mother-in-law. I didn't know anything about Alzheimer's with my mother-in-law. So when Matt, I did, still didn't know a lot. Really, everyone's different. And you really, as a caregiver, you have to educate yourself. And I can't say it enough. You know, now is the time and that information highway. There are so many people doing the webinars. There's so many people doing uh, trainings. There's so much information that wasn't available to me. So I envy caregivers now because they have the information. And, and now, and now to- we have you. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to educate yourself. You have to be aware of what to expect. Now, everyone is different, but you have to have the basics of what to expect. Well, let me let me stop you there. I'm going to ask some because I have you brought me. I have millions of questions now just from what you just said. So first of all, uh, you said it snowballed. And does that mean that in his later years of dealing with his Alzheimer's, that quickly his dementia escalated more rapidly? And the second uh, question I had was when you want people to, you encourage people to educate ourselves about uh, our loved ones that are dealing with some form of dementia, what resources are you saying that we should look for? You could look up Tipa Snow. Uh, there's the Dementia Spotlight Foundation. There's the Alzheimer's Association. There's uh, also many other support groups. You have, I noticed in your Kick Alzheimer's Has Movement Facebook group, you have files that have a whole list of these um, resources that you just mentioned. Okay, and the Dementia Spotlight Foundation uh, does free webinars. Excellent. Uh, really excellent with uh, Gary Joseph LeBlanc, who is the education director and, and he lived it. So he knows what he's talking about. Hi, you're listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. I'm a creator, musician, writer, blogger, and nature photographer. I'd love to invite you to get my new 2021 nature calendars. I designed these to help you boost your creative flow, transform stress with positive self-care, get motivation to confidently fulfill your greatest potential. Each month, I've selected my nature photos to uplift your spirits, and I've included a monthly positive affirmation to keep you encouraged all year long. Get your 2021 Your Creative Court Nature Calendar now. It is the perfect holiday gift or a self-care treat to keep your creative energy flowing. You can see the show notes for the link to buy yours or go to yourcreativecord.com and click start here to shop. I had to learn to adjust my sales, as they say, even though I went through an experience with my mother-in-law, I couldn't understand why Matt could not see anything right in front of him. You say, where's my water? It's right in front of you. And I'm like, what, what do you mean you can't see it? And then I watched Tipa Snow 
And she talked about their vision. And when she explained it to me, I then understood why Matt couldn't see what was in front of him. So I stopped yelling at him. <laughs> well, what do you mean? What, can you explain that? What was happening with his vision, according to Tipa Snow? What, what changes? Matt's vision was immediately affected. Um, he was driving in between two lanes. Their perception is off. They have more like a tunnel uh, vision. They can't see like up or low. Gotcha. It's, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he sat on a pile of clothes one time and I said, Matt, why are you sitting on those clothes? I didn't see him. I said, what do you mean you didn't see them? Folks, I'm not a perfect caregiver. I was not a perfect caregiver. <laughs> There's no such thing as a perfect caregiver. <laughs> um, I second that emotion. <laughs> you know, you're gonna, you know, I, I gotta say this, Jenny. People might try to be the perfect caregiver. We're not perfect human beings. You're gonna lose your patience. You're going to yell. As long as you're not being abusive, it's okay. Show yourself some love and kindness and grace. That's beautiful. Yeah. We are operating at a high level of stress. I call it the red alert. You know, and this is coming from a nurse who has a background <laughs> in caregiving professionally, and it's still such an incredibly intense uh, you know, task or, or way of life to do that. I, I want to mm -hmm. ask, too, I, I know I, I want to clarify, too, from the audience that you know, to make this really clear, your husband, Matt, was um, going through this at age 56, and he went through this for 11 years. He passed away only one year ago as of January 1, 2021, which is only uh, about a year and three weeks ago from now. So this is a remark. I just want to impact people with how remarkable it is that Betsy has lost her you know, life partner and still has within the past year, become an incredible force for uh, educating people on the signs of dementia and how to care for people and all these different resources that she's got going on in her podcast. So so tell me about which came first, your group in on Facebook or your podcast, and how did that kind of materialize out of this? Well, that's interesting story, Jenny. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, I told Matt, that I was going to tell his story some way, somehow to the world. And I always wanted to meet someone or I always wanted someone to see one of my videos. I used to do videos in my car. And lo and behold, Jeannie White, station manager at Passion World Talk Radio Network, saw one of my videos and called me to do an interview. And so I did. So, I so thought, you're okay, just you're just chit-chatting in your car, making videos, talking about this experience. Where are you putting those videos? Where did they go? I put it in the different dementia support groups I and see. on my Facebook group. Beautiful. Okay. And I talked about first was raising awareness and then you know, caregiving tips. And Jeannie White uh, was on her uh, show. She interviewed me. I said, great, I could die a happy woman. I uh, did it. And Jeannie was starting a show about caregivers and wow. asked me about it weekly. And I said, sure, but I'm not a professional speaker. She said, that's okay. You speak from the heart and that's what people like. So I invited my friends to come on. And then after a year, June of 2019, uh, Jeannie gave me my own show. 
I started hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement two years ago. Oh, two, uh, February 2019. We'll make sure all this is in the show right. notes. And I started hashtagging Matt's videos and what I was saying and my own videos, hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement. And I met Lori Lapore. Her sister was dying at the time. And she said, Betsy, you have to start this uh, a page. You have to start a group. I said, I can't do that. Matt, you know, I don't have time. Even a life coach that I met told me, Betsy, you have to start this. This is your passion. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I'm going to get emotional. We make excuses, right? Why we can't do something. I never saw myself as a leader. Never saw myself as a speaker. Never. But, you know, would I have done this if it wasn't for Matt? So... Oh, but I, it, it's so amazing what it, I just want to say it's it's amazing to me that you didn't see yourself as a leader because for people who don't know her yet, if you're not in the hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement group or you haven't listened to her podcast, let me just tell you, she's a leader. <laughs> she's like the energizer bunny that just never stops and has incredible value to give people and has a huge heart, as you can hear through her. Uh, you know, experiences and the way she, you know, the way that you're expressing yourself, Betsy. So I'm glad that these people literally forced you to see your incredible capability as a leader for this really critical um, movement for awareness about how to help not only caregivers, but, you know, for the person that has dementia. It's amazing what you've done. So I'm sorry. And how did you, so you were doing videos and then you got invited to be on a caregiver show for a radio show. And then how did that launch into your show and your After group. a year, like I started the hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement, February of 2019. I had to think, well, wow, that's two years already. Almost. <laughs> Time goes by. And I was still talking on Jeannie's show, uh, the connect show. So and you're in the middle of caring for your husband as his disease is progressing and progressing and you've launched a group and a podcast and you're running that while caregiving for him. I just, do you, we need a monument in your fashion. And you know, like, we need a monument to Betsy. This I'm is working. amazing. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> and I was working Jenny. <laughs> and you were working Oh my freaking super women. I was working mm. outside the home and I, um, so after, was it like in June? Ginny had said about starting my, um, having my own show. And I was like, I can't do that. I don't know how to interview people. And Ginny said, Betsy, you, you'll learn. You could do it. And that's really incredible, Jenny, when people see something in you that you don't see in yourself. So I learned to face, as they say, face your fear and do it anyway. And I started my uh, chatting with Betsy in September of 2019. Yeah. So it's been about a year. So tell me, uh, this is wonderful, uh, just a wonderful story in general. So if anybody is experiencing 
any kind of um, incredible challenge, just think about the incredible amount of encouragement you can bring to people through through Betsy's example of that, starting a group or being a proactive act, activist or whatever about that topic that you're passionate about. Don't let anything hold you back, even your own doubt that you can be a leader. Because like I, I full, fully support you know, the radio show host that invited you, that if you speak from your heart, which you definitely do, Betsy, that's really more important than anything. And that's the thing that's going to have that does have the most impact on people. So tell us a little bit about I'm very grateful and I have a personal reason for being grateful for having met you, which we'll talk about in a second here with my own experience uh, with someone who has dementia. Um, but tell us a little bit about the purpose of your group and the purpose of your podcast are they different? Do they overlap? What what's what's the yeah, purpose? Yeah, they kind of overlap. Them? I created my group because I was in a black hole, and I got myself out of it. And I said, either I'm going to kick Alzheimer's ass, or it's going to kick mine. And I'm a fighter. I'm a Jersey girl, and my father's <laughs> that was really cool. Thank you, Daddy. Um, and my dad taught me to stand my ground to be a fighter. And I said, I'm not going to let this mofo disease destroy me. I'm not giving it the power. It doesn't deserve it. Yes, Alzheimer's going to take my husband away, and it did. It doesn't have to destroy me, and I'm fighting back. And nobody should ever have to walk this journey alone like I did for many years. So I made up my mission. I did for clubs. Um Okay, it's that, real. It's this is real. Yeah. Nobody should have to walk this journey alone during caregiving or even after, because even after caregiving, folks, you're going to have a whole mess to deal with, a whole mess. And I'm here to help you. My mission, uh, Jenny Lee, is to help people. And my Chatting with Betsy podcast isn't about me, it's about helping people have resources that I wish I knew about. I wish I knew about you. Hi, I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. I help 50 plus adults and families explore earth-friendly, cost-reducing alternatives to traditional funeral plans with less or even zero corporate and or religious involvement. I help you map out a personalized, creative memorial plan. As a creative memorial planning coach, I help bring tremendous relief and peace of mind to you and surviving loved ones. Learn more about alternatives that save you thousands, are planet-friendly, and tailored to your personal values by joining my private Creative Memorial Planning Facebook group. I go live each week in this private group to explore alternatives to corporate end-of-life plans and how I can help you map out your creative memorial plan. Relieve the burden from your surviving loved ones with your loving legacy and an end-of-life plan that resonates with your personal values. Join my creative memorial planning group today. You had a great death doula on talking about a list of what to ask hospice. Oh, I wish I met her, you know, when I needed it. And this is why I wanted to do resources. Now it just so happens I'm doing a lot of social awareness, anti-bullying, mental health on my show, but it's all related to caregiving because 
who hasn't been bullied? I was bullied. Um, and, you know, there is a major, major mental health crisis going on in this country. And That's globally, right. actually. So I'm doing shows on that. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm glad there's a lot of public service announcements about depression now and isolation. Right, right. But where, where was it for the caregiver who's been abandoned by family and isolated that mm. I talked about for like the past four years? Yeah. Nobody cared about us. And I still say us because, well, I'm still a caregiver to my son, Joshua, but that's a different situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will speak up for those who can't and for those who won't. That's beautiful. Yeah, and uh, thank you for sharing that. And as you can feel from the passion in Betsy's voice, this is this is something that she has gone through and is going through personally and um, just giving voice to that and and helping so many others going through it or who will go through it or have gone through it. It's a huge thing. The caregiver, um, it's interesting, my sister, Mary, um, studied as part of her master's degree in public policy. She works here locally at the University of Kentucky, but she studied um, gerontology as part of her degree. And, you know, she gives me the statistics that, you know, basically the bulk of caregivers are women in their 50, 50s, pretty much. And they tend to have it all to deal with, you know, by themselves. And there's such a lot of burnout for caregivers, as you know, is the job is endless um, when you're caregiving for someone. So I do want to put a little plug in for just made me think of on my website, yourcreativecord.com, and I'll drop the links below here. I have several different blogs and podcasts that I've created for, it's in my caregiver section, for basically self-care, things that you can do for self-care that involve primarily music and nature. And I've even made some music videos with photos of nature that I've taken just to relieve people, just to bring people, especially now for the pandemic era, you know, nature and music are scientifically research proven to re reduce your stress and to help your wellness. So if you're a caregiver and you can't get outside, these are things that you can kind of look at and get some ideas or just, you know, peruse through. So I'll drop those for those who are listening who, who are caregivers and need some self-care. But I wanted to ask too, I want to shift the gears just a little bit because um, I think we've made it very clear. Your background is real. It's personal. It's ongoing. And for people don't know, if, I hope you don't mind. I'm sharing you also just, just in the past couple of weeks, lost your dear brother. Um, and so we just talked about how the, when you go through uh, grief, you know, when you lose someone and you, you experience another grief or even learn about a, a loss of someone else, uh, you tend to go through those um, grief stages again, sometimes even deeper. And I know this myself as a creative memorial planning coach. The reason I became that is because of the fact that I was there when people died and no one had a plan. And I had to go through it again and again and again and again to help people. And, you know, through through going through these things, um, I just it just to me brings out that point that and kind of highlights what you do as a person of support for caregivers and people dealing with dementia. Because unfortunately, you know, aging, sickness and death are part of that whole you know, cycle that we deal with. So your mission of bringing support and resources to people and just a, a human voice that's been there, done that, and is still going through it is really helpful. I want to um, shift to a personal thing, though, and 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 kind of get your – to kind of paint a picture for people who might be dealing with dementia. Uh, I want to get your ideas. For example, um, 
my my mom's sister is, is um, 80, almost 89, I guess now. And she's actually the, the, my mom just told me she's the oldest living female relative in my ancestry so far. Not coming. I told my mom she has to live to 120. I'm not letting her off the hook before that. <laughs> but, um, but she said that as we're experiencing my, my aunt's dementia, and I've seen it coming on since I've moved up here from Kentucky about three years ago, I could see the things that you were describing about Matt in my aunt and how she would struggle with a word and could not find the word that she wanted to say. And she'd get so frustrated, you know, with that. And her, I could see her memory declining. So she just recently has been placed in a facility, which is very heart-wrenching, you know, for everyone. Because we, because of COVID, of course, she's quarantining. She's supposed to be getting a vaccine for the COVID this week. And the rest of us are not to visit, you know, because she has to get acclimated to that facility. And then when we do visit, it's going to be with pandemic restrictions, you know, through a window. So I'm just uh, trying to explain to people how you know, challenging things are for people who are dealing with someone who has dementia, particularly right now in the middle of the pandemic. But I wanted to, when we do get the clear to go ahead, to go ahead and visit my aunt, um, you know, wondered some things that I read uh, about how to, you know, some tips for how you can support the dementia person, the person who has dementia or the person who's going through Alzheimer's, which is a form of dementia. Like some of the things I learned was, which is really hard for me, is to slow your pace to match the pace of that person. And that means, in my case, breathing a lot instead of speaking and asking something very simply and uh, being very straightforward and being patient and waiting for that person. Don't try to fill in their answer for them. Do you have any tips for like people like me or or the my cousins who are caregivers, you know, have been caregivers to my aunt. How do people, what are some tips for people who care for those who have dementia that you would recommend? Sure. That I makes sense. I have to say, uh, Jenny, thank you for mentioning self-care because I just want to say caregivers, it's a matter of life and death. Literally, you have to take care of yourself. Uh, it's very important. I find, Jenny, that with Matt, I had to be face-to-face with him and hold his hand. I don't know if you'd be allowed to do that now with these COVID restrictions when you visit. Yeah. And have his attention and talk slowly, which is hard for me, Very, and not use as many words. And he... You know, slowly answer back. Our loved ones feed off of our energy. Mm -hmm. Once I realize that, so we're anxious, they're going to be anxious. This is so important. We, you know, have to just learn to adapt. They can't adapt to us. You know, if a person is at home, say, and like I, I couldn't shave Matt and shower him anymore at the same time. It was too much. I had to break it down. Break down your task. Use a red dish, a red bowl. They see red better. They see the food better on a red plate, a red dish. Don't give them a lot of food. Make the food according to their ability to chew and swallow. Near the end, I had to give Matt baby food. 
This is really important because uh, before I reiterate some of the other things you just said, I know that it's heartbreaking, for example, for my cousins to see my aunt going down so quickly. And it's got to be particularly it depends on your personality but if you've got a personality that wears your heart on your sleeve like like you do you, you know you cry out loud it's 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 really important to you know try to have a little bit more i don't know what's the word um empathy and extend that to maybe control some of your emotions when you're around that dementia person person who has dementia so that they don't uh get anxious from your emotionalism so, so, so to speak which I know is a, a tall order to ask people, but it's almost like literally they're going back to being a baby in many cases. And you, if you, my sister described it to me like this yesterday. I wonder if you concur with it. Cause she said, um, cause we were discussing my aunt and when my mom and I have a chance to actually see her again, face to face, my sister was saying, it's kind of like, if you can think of her as like a baby or someone that's coming out of being a baby into a toddler land, you don't speak you know, too much to them. You give them very simple tasks. You're very patient with them. You know, you don't scold them for not getting it. You, you know, you're, you use small words or a few words, or you wait for them to, to be able to answer and, and you cheer them on whenever they do it right. You know, you don't scold them. So I really liked that analogy. What did, what did you think of that? Well, that's uh, true to a certain extent. Um, mm -hmm. Our loved ones are thinking way back. So they may not remember you as an adult. Like your aunt may think of you still as Jenny, the little girl. Or not even know who I am in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and it was interesting because when my mother-in-law was in the nursing home, she knew me for the longest time. The social worker said because she met me as an adult. She was thinking of Matt as a child. Interesting. Recognize Matt as the grown man. That you know, that's, that, that's interesting because my mom said this the other day. My aunt was home and my poor cousins were, um, you know, they're scrambling to get her into a facility because she was wandering around her home saying, I want to go home. And she was home. So my mom brought up, you know, as she thought about it, she said she's probably thinking of when we grew up. She wanted to go back home. She was probably thinking of her childhood. Do you think that might be something? That could be Matt talked about going home too, and he lived in his childhood home. They're thinking of a place of comfort, a place of security. Wow, that's helpful. A place of yeah. safety. So don't tell them they're already home. They don't understand that. You could ask them, tell me about your home. What does your home look like? Mm, Who is in your home? Uh, okay, well, I used to tell Matt, okay, I'll take you home, Matt, after breakfast. And then he would forget. <laughs> I don't know. It's dark out. Um, I also want to say, Jenny, there's some people that you can't hold their face. So hold their hand, you know, uh, in a gentle uh, way. Right, right, that right. So that physical touch somehow grounds them right. a little bit. Too. And some people may or may respond positive and some may not. It depends on the individual. Um, Matt, with the people, if Matt would hear me cry, he didn't call me Betsy. He'd call me Booby. He would say, <laughs> he'd say, don't cry, Booby. It's okay, Booby. 
he just, his heart felt you and that's the way he could express that. And how do you think these are beautiful tips? Thank you so much. And very useful. I will be sharing that with my family members too. How can we better prepare ourselves or best support somebody with dementia other than these tips? Supporting the caregiver, uh, send meals over if that person is at home. I didn't have time to cook. I'll be honest. I did not. Uh, offer to go food shopping with them. Offer to sit with the person. Of course, not COVID. You know, I'm thinking before COVID, but uh, during this time of COVID, you could send a meal over, leave it in front of their house. You can give them gift Beautiful. cards if you can afford it. You can just say to the caregiver, "I'm here for you." Love that. Uh, so give them give them a phone call and let right. them let them vent a little bit. You can mm-hmm. for the person who has dementia. You know what, Jenny? We can't fix our loved ones, and that's a hard pill to swallow. It really I is. Fix Matt. The only thing I could do for him or did for him was to be there for him and love him, and show him mm-hmm. and tell him that he was loved, because they feel very bad about themselves. They really do, and yeah, that's what you could do. You know, you just have to. I say, go with the flow of your person. Okay. And, you know, you might have to adjust your Thanksgiving or Christmas. You may not be able to hang out your decorations. It may be a safety hazard for your loved one. So you readjust because, you know, what? one day they're not going to be there. And you can hang out all the decorations you want then. Tell, tell me about that. What does that mean? It might be a safety hazard if you hang up like holiday yeah, decorations. Uh, Explain that. Sure. You know, those um, Santa Clauses or... Even Halloween, and they make the noise. You go past, they make a noise. Mm-hmm. A person with oh, dementia yeah. may think that's the actual person, and they oh, get scared. If you have yeah. cords like the, from the Christmas tree, they could trip over them. The flickering of lights may bother them. Even music so. may bother them. Matt didn't like certain people's voices. <laughs> I have music. Turn that voice off. (laughs) So what about, uh, and that brings up a question, like if you're, I know a lot of people have the TV on all the time. And uh, when people are visiting, they've got their phones beeping or buzzing or ringing, going off when they're there with that person. Does it matter? And should these noises be kind of limited? Or do you think noises bother the dementia person, the person with uh, Alzheimer's or dementia? It depends. On the person, and actually, even at that moment, uh, I see. Matt, for some reason, did not like this. Uh, <laughs> this guy, one of the major uh, New York stations, he didn't like his voice. I couldn't uh, have him on. Certain songs would bother uh, Matt. Matt liked to watch TV, but then he didn't understand it, and then he thought that people were in the house. You mean by watching TV that he thought they were actually there? Yeah. He thought that people in the radio were in the house. So So how did you respond to that when he thought that? I told him that, you know, they were in the TV, but I said, okay. And they were bothering him. Like, okay, Matt, I'll kick the people out. Yeah. So you ne- that brings up a question too. I, I've heard this before that when, when someone that's suffering from dementia has an issue with something you'd never argue right. with them you just agree and offer a different 
solution or a, change the right. subject even. Would that right. be accurate? When Matt, yeah. uh, and I redhead my period, Josh, for hallucinations. When Matt would hallucinate, and everyone's hallucinations are different, and say there's men in the house, and he was very concerned about my safety. He would say, don't go over there. There's men over there. I go, okay, Matt, um, I will get rid of the men. And I would I would curse them out and tell them to leave. <laughs> you had to really As only you could do. Yeah. D- does, is that a common uh, uh, part of a person with dementia having yeah. hallucinations? Is that yes. typical? And, is, does it come in the later stages or off and on? It or do depends. You know? Usually to the middle, uh, to the uh, later. But it depends on the individual. Also delusions. Like they might think a tree outside and they can't see well. They might mistake that for a monster or a person. So you so just say, okay, I see what you're saying. I'm going to get rid of it. Right. Whew, it's gone. And change the subject. Uh, change the, the first- subject. Okay. Yeah. The first time Matt was hallucinating, I was at the store and Josh calls me up very upset. Daddy's yelling, there's men in the house. What do I do? So I said, okay, Josh, just remain calm and tell daddy you're going to get rid of the men. I said, let me put daddy on the phone. I go, "Uh, what's what's up, Matt? There's men in the house. They're hitting me. I said, oh, I'm sorry about that. That's terrible. I said, Josh will get rid of the men. They will not bother you anymore. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. And I told Josh, keep telling that to daddy till I could get home. Beautiful. It's almost like dealing with literally, I guess it is a kind of mental illness. You're you're dealing with calming someone, (laughs) taking away their fear and giving them a different thing to focus on that's more positive. Right. You don't argue with someone who's having a hallucination. They believe that it's real. And before you assume it's a hallucination, know their background if possible. Maybe they had a traumatic event in their life. Maybe they were in the war. Maybe they were assaulted. Uh, These things come back. And to me, it's a form of mental torture because they're reliving it and they can't escape it. So how, like if someone ha- has a, had a, a bad experience and they're, they're kind of fixating on that, mm-hmm. uh, you just come in and say, tell me about it. And then you say, I'm going to get rid of it for good. And let's do this instead. That's pretty much how you would do that. Right. I can tell just from hearing the way that you've approached things, what fortune Matt had that it was you that his was his caregiver. Because you... I mean, I'm going to say as a caregiver myself, fairly new to it, the caregiver job is not for sissies to start with, you know, mm-hmm. any kind of caregiving job is, but to have to deal with dementia with someone that, you know, is that close to you for 24-7 is a tremendously difficult job. And just the love and the spirit that you had to learn about it so that you could support your late husband is very evident. And I, I think you can really you know, breathe the sigh of satisfaction that he got the absolute best care of of anyone. No one knew that, you know, no one knows when they're going to get dementia. But if you've got dementia, it's great to have somebody like Betsy in your, in your, on your side of the team. Join Creative Memorial Planning Facebook group by going to Facebook and search Creative Memorial Planning. Just click the join button, answer the three questions and you're in. I'll drop that link in the show notes too, if you just want to click it. 
and I'd love to have you there as a member of the community and to benefit from exploring my free educational content on alternatives to traditional funeral plans and creative ways for your end-of-life plan. I also have a Creative Memorial webinar. My Creative Memorial Planning webinar walks you through the benefits of cost-reducing, earth-friendly options and empowers you and your loved ones to create a meaningful, personalized memorial with less or even zero corporate funeral business and or religious involvement. It includes my tips for saving costs, creating a memorial agenda, programs, communicating with and assembling others, writing and posting a life story online, and more. And through this webinar, you'll gain peace of mind with a supportive guide who's been through it, knows the process, and can show you the way step by step. And I'll drop that link below if you want to get your creative memorial planning webinar. I wanted to ask, what meaning has your experience with caring for Matt and enduring his loss taught you? And what's something you'd like others to know about your experience with caring for both your husband and your son, who your adult son, um, that you feel might be helpful to others facing similar challenges? So kind of twofold, what, you know, what meaning has it given you and how would you like others to, what would you like others to know about this kind of situation? We're stronger than what we think we are. I did not know how I was going to handle Matt's death, watching him die. Um, I have to say that, um, you know, I have faith and I believe God gives you grace at the time that you need it. And really, um, I, I have to claim my faith really helped me a lot. And it made me a better person. And the situation, Jenny, is you can use this experience to teach your children empathy and compassion. You can become a better person or a bitter person. How are you going to choose that? Are you going to let this mofo disease destroy you? I wouldn't give it the power. I still won't give it the power, even as I'm grieving. Um, are you going to be sad and cry? Yeah, I still do. And I will always uh, love and miss Matt. Special <laughs> again. Um, yeah. My son has special needs. And he was great with Matt. He was wow. so good with, with Matt. How beautiful. And, you know, they said the mouth of babes. Yeah. Uh, someone in church would say to, to this guy who was an idiot, actually. Said to, <laughs> said to Josh. Well, I want to call your dad, but I don't know what to say. And Josh said, well, it's not rocket science, Bill. You call up, you say, hey, Matt, this is Brother Bill. How are you? Not that hard, Bill. Beautiful. This is coming from someone with special needs. I love that. Because um, it's all about the heart. It's not yeah. about formality. It's about the heart and just being with that person naturally. Thank you for, didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, Josh knows and understands more about Alzheimer's than so-called intelligent people. Um, someone even had the nerve to tell Josh, your father would be better off dead. Ooh, that was horrible. Matt was like halfway into his dementia uh, progress. Uh, what a terrible thing to say to somebody. Let me just say what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's horrible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I, I am, you know, 
really moved by your experience and your expertise and your, you know, I think you had um, a mission, first of all, just having come from a caregiver nursing background, but even even on top of that, the, to be challenged with both helping your adult son, caregiving for him, as well as going through this with your husband, to come out of that and continue to be so powerful a voice in helping others learn about you know, what dementia does, what it is, how you can support it. This is huge. So, you know, I just want to say how much I appreciate what you do. And I will make sure our audience can find every possible way to learn more about you, your podcast, your group, all these resources. Your story is really encouraging to so many people, me even personally, because of what my aunt is going through and how I know that dramatically impacts my mom, who is very close to her. They've they've been like tight, you know, as sisters for so long. So this, you know, I hope if nothing else, that just being here for your Creative Chord podcast kind of helps you remember how important and how valued your voice is and your mission is. And I know my listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So I just wanted to thank you so much for being here, Betsy. And um, is there anything you wanted to say to, to wrap up for everybody? Yes. Um, thank you very much, Jenny Lee. I, I love Welcome. what you do. Uh, people jump into Jenny's group, jump onto her <laughs> creative uh, memorial planning, learn about it, see if it's for you. I, I can't even impress how important this is to get what you want at your uh, service, memorial service, whatever you want to call it. Um, I knew Matt's wishes. I honored his wishes. Uh, my brother just died. I felt really bad that, you know, my mom didn't have anyone else speak. I'm glad the Masons were there. I think he would have loved to have had Jimi Hendrix play in the background or <laughs> Beach Boys. I played it after everybody left. I went back and played music for my brother. But so important to, to say what you want at your service. Whether it you want really to call is. It service or whatever. Right. You know, we we don't like to talk about death and dying, but it's a fact of life and we need to discuss it. So let's discuss it. Go and she's pre she's preaching for me right now. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> that's exactly you, it. Thank you for what I, you do. That's important. I love you. And right back, seriously, I know it sounds like a broken record, but this really is the Mutual Admiration Club because what you do is is powerful for people. And I'm so excited to have this, um, you know, posted for people so they can learn more about what so many people go through and they don't know, you know, all the support is there for caregivers, for people dealing with Alzheimer's, for people dealing with dementia. This, this is huge and so comforting for so many people. So I want to thank you and we're going to wrap up for today's show. And thank you so much for joining. And I'm so happy to have had Betsy Wurzel here from hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement Facebook group and her wonderful podcast chatting with Betsy. I'll drop those links so everybody knows how to find that. Thank you so much, Betsy. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of your Creative Court podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. Please see the show notes for all the links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. That will really help me grow. And if you really want to help, leave a review. Even one sentence will help. And you can see the show notes for the link to leave a review or go to iTunes or SoundCloud and just do it right there. 
if you do leave a review, consider including your Twitter or your Instagram handle so I can thank you personally. If you'd like more empowering strategies for nurturing creativity and inspiration, just go to Your Creative Chord, that's C-H-O-R-D, yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. Thanks for joining.